Welcome to another inspirational podcast from Abundant Life Church, where we believe that God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you. Now join us as we dive into today's message. <laughs> oh, wow. Are you glad you came to church this morning? Come on, Mother's Day. We celebrate all the moms in the house. We love you. We celebrate you. What a great day it is. I, I was so encouraged just what was shared over all, all the mothers and, 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 and uh, just the time that we had there. And we're going to even continue a little bit because it's Mother's Day. You cannot not come together on Mother's Day at church. Uh, I said this before, you know, Mother's Day is the third highest attended service of the year right behind uh, Easter and Christmas, but then of course here at, at Abundant Life with our New Year's Eve service. So it's technically the fourth highest attended service because all moms want is their children to come to church with them. So bless you mothers for putting out that request. Um, and of course we welcome everybody that is here today. If you're here for the first time at Abundant Life, we're so glad you'd give part of your weekend to be here with us. Again, it's Mother's Day, so moms, we are going to lean into a word that I believe is going to encourage you, but I know this, there's a word for everybody today. I said, there's a word for everybody today. And so if you came with your hearts open and your ears open and you're ready to receive, I want to get into this uh, this morning. I'm going to ask you to go ahead and turn with me. Uh, we're going to jump into a passage, the book of Mark chapter 7. The book of Mark chapter 7. We're going to read a few verses there, verses 24 through 30. And then uh, after that, we're actually um, going to dive into Matthew's gospel and uh, we're going to read two lines out of there, out of chapter 15. Um, so first, Mark chapter 7, we're going to read verses 24 through 30. And then we're going to get into Matthew chapter 15. While you're turning there this morning, I can't help but to take uh, this personal moment right now to honor and celebrate my mother, Pastor Kathy Thomas. Happy Mother's Day. We love you. We celebrate you. I know my sister stepped out, but I, I honor and celebrate my sister, Pastor Heather Thomas. And uh, what a wonderful work that she's doing. And single mom raising three kids and just crushing it. And so I'm thankful for her. And then, of course, my wife. I love you so much. You're amazing. You truly do embody the exact what it is to be a mom. My little girl was coughing in the middle of the night. And my wife got up and, like, quickly made this amazing, like, coughing remedy. I woke up this morning and there was like sliced lemons and all kinds of like natural herbs and juices on the counter. I'm like, she's in there doing some kind of MacGyver like technique for cough syrup. Meanwhile, I'm laying in bed, she's coughing and I'm like, don't worry, she'll get over it. She's the heel of the Lord. Just go back to bed, everybody. But that's the true, that's, the, that's what it is to be a mother. You're always on. And moms, that's the reality. You're always on. And who you are in your nature and in your love and in your ability to care and to give, you're always on. You're always moving. You're always going. You are unstoppable. I mean, you know, we started a series last week that was with us titled Unstoppable. And I believe that today that, that, that mothers, you need to be encouraged because God has called you to be unstoppable, to be an unstoppable mom in everything that you do, whether it comes to your spiritual walk with the Lord, whether it, it, it is dealing with relationally or, or even, even in, in your strength, everything that God wants you to do, he wants you to be unstoppable. And I thank God for the mothers of the house today. And so as I was kind of praying and thinking about it, the Lord brought me to this passage that we're going to read here. And then we're, we're going to kind of get our direction for the day. Um, 
But Mark chapter 7, uh, if you're there, say, we're there. I was like, some of you. If you're there, say you're there. I believe like part of you. All right, I'm going to read it no matter what. <laughs> Mark chapter 7, verse 24 says this. From there he arose and went to the region of Tyre and Sidon, and he entered a house and wanted no one to know it. But he could not be hidden, for a woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard about him, and she came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by birth, and she kept asking him to cast out the demon of her daughter. But Jesus said to her, let the children be filled first. For it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And verse 28 says, And she answered and said to him, Yes, Lord, even the little dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. He said to her, For this saying, Go your way, the demon has gone uh, out of your daughter. And when she had come to her house, she found the demon gone and the daughter lying on the bed. Quickly, Matthew 15, verse 22 says this. Same story, just from a different angle, a different lens. It says this, And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him. She cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. Then Jesus answered and said, O woman, great is your faith. Great is your faith. I'm going to say that one more time. Mother's great is your faith today. Let it be as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. We just read a story from both Mark and Matthew. It's the same story, just from, again, two different perspectives that's being written. The interesting thing that is consistent, though, in, in each of the stories is that this particular passage is, is dealing with a mother. And the mother has a daughter who has a problem. And the mother on this particular day says, I need to contend on behalf of my daughter. I need to be unstoppable in my efforts to see my daughter healed and set free. But the thing that we find out in both stories is that this mother does not have a name. And while there's many incredible women in the Bible, we heard of Deborah being mentioned earlier, and there's Esther in the Bible, and there's Mary and Miriam, and all kinds of an amazing women that are all throughout the Bible. But in this particular passage, this woman is nameless. This woman does not carry a name. The only thing that she carries, according to what we read in the book of Mark, is that she is a woman of great faith. And I want to even encourage a mother at the very top of this message today, that no matter where you are, no matter what you're going through, when you feel like you're nameless, when you feel like that no one knows who you are, God knows who you are. And what defines you is your ability to be a woman of faith is a woman who can trust the Lord, a woman who can contend and go to the Lord first and foremost and not last. Prayer is your first option, not your last resort. When you go to the Lord because of your faith, there he will meet you, there he'll be with you, there he will comfort you. And we find this woman that she goes to Jesus. But the Bible says that Jesus was actually in a, in, in, he was in a region called Tyre. He was on this circuit, on this route of ministry, in which he stopped into this land, into this region. And I want to tell you, this area that he was in, it was a, it was a particular area that was a hotbed for, for, for paganism and, and idolatry and, and foreign worship. It was not the kind of place that if, if you were a Jew that you wanted to be found. 
In fact, they didn't even allow Jewish people to remain in that city, in that place. To give you more context, those of you that are familiar with your Old Testament Bible, that was the place that Ahab and Jezebel resided, filled with wickedness, lots of demonic oppression. And here's Jesus, and the Bible says that he went to, to retreat into this place, and, 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 and he was trying to just relax and hide out. But this woman found out that Jesus was in this place, and she said, I need to get my miracle for my daughter. I need to exercise some faith. I need a miracle for my daughter. And the, and the Bible says that as she was there, that Jesus said it's not right to take what belongs to the children and give it to the dogs. And we're going to talk more on that in a moment. But she says, but even the dogs can get the crumb. Even the dogs can get the crumb. If I can just talk to you from a title line this morning, and, and, and I believe that this is a word for everybody that's gathered here today. I simply just put this title, Chase the Crumbs. Chase the Crumbs. Chase the Crumbs. In other words, don't stop believing that our God is a way maker. Don't stop believing that our God is a miracle worker. Don't stop believing that our God is working on your behalf. Chase those crumbs. Because even in the crumb, there is miracle working power today. And so this woman, she is chasing the crumbs. And we find out that as she arrives onto the scene, and Jesus was, was, was trying to take some quiet time, we immediately dive into this story where we find out that the woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard about him and came and fell at his feet. I want to give you just three things this morning, three simple truths in order for you to be unstoppable. Three things that this woman did that caused her to be unstoppable. And the first thing is this. This woman, she comes into the house because she had a cause. She had a cause. Mothers, you have a cause today. I said, you have a cause today. Your sons, your daughters, those are your cause. Your children, that is your cause today. The Bible says in the book of Psalms, in 127, verse 13, that children are a heritage from the Lord. And the fruit of your womb is your reward. That the fruit of your womb, it is your reward. Your children are your reward. Your children are your cause. And I want to encourage even a mother today that maybe you're not quite a mother yet because you haven't been able to conceive naturally the cause. If it's inside of you, God will bring that child from you. God has great things prepared for you. He's got rewards for your life because God is all about heritage. He's all about legacy. And so for each of the mothers today, I want you to know that God wants you to recognize that your children are your cause. Your children are your cause. And I even love what Psalm says is that, that the cause, it's the reward. Anybody ever won a reward before? Anybody ever have a reward before? Anyone ever worked hard and you, you got a reward? What did you do with it? Did you just discard it and throw it off to the side? You just leave it just to get trampled over? Do you leave it to get dirt? No. Anyone that gets a, a reward, a good reward, a good reward, maybe a new house or a car, you take care of it, you watch over it, you clean it, you protect it. That's, that's your children are your rewards. You should care for it, clean it. Isn't it fascinating that God chose the womb? 
that God chose the womb to be the process of incubation in which life would come from. You ever think about that? God entrusted you moms to carry life, to carry life. Your children, your reward, their greatness and who they are flows from you. Isn't that amazing? So greatness, God entrusted you with greatness and to bring forth greatness in this earth. Your legacy, your heritage, your purpose is to bring forth greatness into this earth. Think about Mary. Mary brought forth Jesus and the salvation and everything that salvation yields for our benefit, for our cause, came from a life that was entrusted in the womb of, of, of a woman. Greatness is on the inside of you. And God is saying that that is your cause. And this woman, she arrives into this house and she says, I have to contend for my cause. Mothers, continue to contend for your cause. Continue to contend for your children. Even if they're not serving the Lord, you contend for your children. You contend for the cause. You pray without ceasing. You go to the Lord for your children. You fight for them spiritually. Your cause this woman, she had a cause that she was willing to fight for. In the Bible, it, 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 it says this, Psalms 139, verse 13 and 14, for you, were created in my in, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. And how God fashioned you to reign, how God created you to win, the greatness, it came out of a mother's womb. I'm so fascinated out of how God works and how God does things, but he says that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. I think about a cause, whenever, whenever it comes to your children, there's, no, there's, there's nothing you wouldn't do for the sake of your children. There's no, there's no length that's too long. There was this woman about 40 years ago. I've shared this story before, but I'm always fascinated by it. And I want to I get, get her name right here. But there's this, this, this woman, Angela Cavello. And I don't know if you ever heard of this woman before. Fascinating story. 40 years ago, her son, who was a junior in high school, was doing some work on his uh, Chevy in the driveway and so he was up underneath the car and he was doing some work on it and kind of just kind of like tinkering and messing around and, and all of a sudden the car collapsed on top of him and the mom was in the kitchen washing dishes and she looked out the window and all she sees is her son fighting for his life crushed underneath this car and the story goes that she fled to the scene and she came out and lifted the car up four inches a Chevy, Impala, four inches off the ground. Listen, she wasn't on like cold brew or Nespresso shots. I don't think she was in the kitchen taking pre-workout before she went to go lift up this car. I mean, like she gassed it out to the vehicle and lifted this car up because she saw her cause was being crushed. There's this medical term that they call it, and they call it hysterical energy, fight or flight. 
But I believe in that moment right there that it was supernatural holy power that came upon her because she says, I'm not going to let my cause be crushed. I care too much for my cause. This woman probably didn't just casually knock on the door to see Jesus. I'm certain she was banging on the door. She went right through the door knocking it down because the Bible says she immediately fell to his feet. There is nothing that this woman was going to allow to stay in front of her, in her way to keep her from contending for her cause. Mothers, I want to encourage you today that supernatural strength is upon you for your cause, for your children. That God will strengthen you, God will equip you, God will comfort you, God will be with you for your cause. The next thing that we found out is that the mother, it says this, it says that she cried out to him saying, have mercy on me, Lord. Mothers, you got to have a cry. I said, you got to have a cry. Now, I'm not talking about crying for attention. I'm not crying because you need to be seen. I'm talking about a cry of faith. I'm talking about a release of faith. She came in because she had a cause, but she cried out in faith to Jesus. And she said, Jesus, I need you to do something about this situation. Mothers, you got to have a cry of faith. When it feels like you're all alone, continue to cry out in faith. When you feel like that no one cares about you, continue to cry out in faith. When you feel like you can't pray anymore, continue to cry out in faith. When you feel like you don't want to come to church anymore because your cause feels so messed up and things feel so out of line, you continue to cry out of faith. When you feel like you're down and you feel like you're out and you feel like nothing is going to work, you continue to cry out in faith. Because our God is good. Our God is good. And so she begins to cry out. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 31 says this, But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not be faint. That opening line, but those who trust in the Lord. Your cry is your trust in the Lord. Your cry is, God, I'm going to trust in you no matter what. Even when I don't feel like you're working, I'm going to trust in you. I know that you're working. I know that you're with me. I'm going to cry. I'm going to trust. And I love that it says that he'll give you new strength. You don't have to rely on the strength of yesterday. You don't have to rely on the strength of last year. He'll give you new strength today to continue to contend for your cause. I was thinking about a couple of months ago. Um, we shared this story, but um, my wife uh, and my children, we, we were out. We gotten home and uh, from from being at the park and uh, we went to go feed my children lunch and while we were feeding them lunch my son had this allergic reaction like immediately to what he was eating and his whole body began to break out in hives head to toe and he started coughing and, and he started choking and and it was, we had never seen it before we didn't it was very new to us so we didn't know necessarily what to do but my wife knew exactly what to do and she grabbed my son and she immediately just began to cry out in the name of Jesus. I rebuke whatever this foul and demonic thing is that's come over him. Food allergies are not allowed in our house. His body needs to go back to normal. I declare in the mighty name of Jesus, by your stripes, he is healed. She began to cry out for my son. And immediately his body began to normalize. And here I am, right, I need to be like a, like a faith dad on this thing too. And I'm like, whoa, 
this is nuts. I've never seen, like, it was so, like, in real time. Real time miracle. Really cool. And she just began to contend and to cry out and cry out and cry out. And my son, everything just completely normalized in his body. I'm here to tell you there's something about a cry of faith that releases God's power to begin to bring things back into its rightful position, back into its rightful place. Everything to be realigned, everything to come back in order. In this woman, she had a cry. I want to tell you this, great faith, it doesn't come from striving, it comes from surrendering. And some of us have been striving and striving, trying to do things in our natural strength. But God is saying, your faith is surrendering and allowing me to get involved. Allow me to get involved. Allow me to help you out. Allow me to be on your side. Allow me to intervene in this circumstance right now. She had a cause. She had a cry. And the last thing that she had was a crumb. She had a cause which was her child, she had a cry, which was her faith, but she had a crumb, which was her miracle. Let me tell you, your cry is what gives you access to your crumb. Your cry is what gives you access to your miracle, your faith in saying, Lord, above all, I trust you and you alone today, is what puts God in position on your behalf. Your cry, your faith, it's not about a condition, it's a position, it's a life posture saying, Lord, I'm going to contend in all things. I'm here to tell you today, whether you're a mother, whether you're a father, whatever place of life that you are in today, your faith is what puts you in position for your crumb today, your miracle today. Don't give up on what God has for your life. God's got great things prepared for your life. He's got dreams for you to fulfill still. He, he's got things he wants to do in your life. He, he, he wants to see you fulfill great purpose and destiny for your life. Don't give up. Don't let go. Continue to cry for your crumb. The interesting thing, though, as I close with this thought this morning, you know, the Bible says that this woman is one of two people that is known for their great faith in the Bible. One of only two people that Jesus marvels at their great faith. The first was the centurion servant that said, just say the word. Say the word and my servant will be healed. You don't have to come to my house and lay hands on him and get all spiritual and have a big service around. No, just say the word. Some of us, we try to put in our mind how we think God's miracle is going to work out for our life. Just release your faith and surrender and say, God, I'm letting you be in the driver's seat today. You're in control today. Some of us have been trying to do it in our own strength and for way too long. Just say, the, Lord, I trust you. Your word is true. Your word is powerful. Your word yields results. Your word yields miracles. Your word will produce life. But this woman and the centurion were one of two people, noted for their great faith. But I was actually fascinated by this woman, because here's where I want to go this morning. This is the fun part for me. Because for years we read about this story and this woman who has no name. She's not identified by her name. She's identified by her faith. But there's another little clue that I 
picked up on as I was reading through this passage over this last week. And Mark's gospel says that this woman was a Greek, a Syrian Phoenician by birth. Now, if you understand historically where she lived, and I opened up by sharing that the, the city she lived in was a very demonic city, was a very oppressed city, was filled with paganism, was filled with lots of idolatry. Matthew's gospel calls her a Canaanite, and Canaanites were one of two of the worst class people that you could be. It was tax collectors that, 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 that the Jewish people hated, and it was if you were a Canaanite because you were the ones that introduced foreign worship in the Old Testament to the children of Israel. They were, they were detested. So this land, this city that she was in was very detested by, 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 by the Jews. And so we find that this woman is, is here and the, and the Bible says that she was a Greek Syrophoenician by birth. Syrophoenician is not her nationality. Syrophoenician was her occupation. So what are you talking about? The Syrophoenicians were the ones that were responsible for holding the pagan worship in the temples. And Syrophoenician is actually the name of a priestess worshiper. Her job, her role, was to be part of the ceremonial worship to foreign gods. And so when Jesus addresses her, he says he wasn't being demeaning to her. He wasn't discriminating her by calling her a dog. In fact, the word dog meant outsider, according to to the Bible, it means outsider. It means you're not within the covenant rights of the Hebrew children. And in those days, dogs were not allowed to be in the houses. It's not like today where, you know, we've got, you know, pets in the house. And, and it, no, that, at, the, at that time, dogs were scavengers. Dogs went throughout the cities. They, 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 they were going, they, they had no rights inside the house. And here's this woman, and she recognizes, I know I have no right. I know I don't, I don't belong. But I've got faith in who this man is by the name of Jesus. But Jesus says to her that it's not right for you to take the crumbs, or it's not right for you to take the bread from the children. And she says, but what about a crumb? You say, what, what, what are you talking about this? I share with you the insight about her background. Because Jesus was challenging her, how, how much faith do you really have in me? You're responsible for worshiping and, 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 and being a part of temple worship, of serving other gods, of being a part. Do you really, really believe in this? Or am I just another stop on your agenda to, 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 to try and get a, an answer, to see something change, to see something shift? And here's this woman, and I, I believe in total brokenness. She comes before the Lord, and she says, but a crumb. I might not have a right like the children, but a crumb. And Jesus marvels at the fact that this woman was willing to go to such great lengths. She didn't deserve it. She felt like, I know I'm an outsider. Maybe there's some of you mothers today, you feel like, well, God, you don't care about me. You've given up on God. You've allowed your life to be disconnected from the Lord and, and you feel like, man, I, I, things are so messed up and things are so broken and God doesn't care about my miracle. God doesn't even care about even giving me a crumb. I'm here to tell you today, mothers, you are a woman of worth. Mothers, you have a call and a mission and it doesn't matter where you are 
in your journey. It doesn't matter where you are in your life. It doesn't matter if this is your first day at church or you're here every single week. It doesn't matter if you're a single mom, foster mom. It doesn't matter what area you are. You are a mother and God has given you a cause. He's given you a cry and the crumb is all that you need. The miracle that is found and the crumb is all that you need today. Don't stop contending. Maybe your crumb is not to see something change within your child. Maybe the crumb is something you need to see change within you. Maybe your crumb is to see depression lifted or oppression come off of you. Maybe your crumb is for you to get your joy back. Maybe your crumb is, is for you to be able to release the anger and the fence. Maybe your, maybe your crumb is, 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 is for you to have a, a wholeness in your household with your husband or your spouse. Maybe your crumb today is not necessarily on behalf of your child, but it's within you. I'm here today. Don't stop contending for your crumb. God wants to heal you. God wants to renew you. God wants to strengthen you because your best days are the ones that are ahead of you. They're the ones that are in front of you. And she cried out. And she said, Jesus, I'll take the crumb. I'll take the least of the least. Because that's better than my best Thank you for listening. We trust that what you heard today has encouraged you to live the abundant life. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on our website, AbundantLife.tv, or follow us on Instagram at AbundantLife underscore TV and Facebook at Come to Life. And remember, God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you.